<laughs> oh, 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 I heard that. All right, you're going to start us? I can. Yeah, start us. I can. So This is your last Sunday as one of our pastors. Yeah, so, I know. That's what I'm celebrating. No, no, wait. That's, yeah, yeah, right. Fair did enough. I say that out loud? Fair, yes, you did. Yeah, that's fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, it's been a uh, interesting thing. I can tell you this. God does. He kind of often takes you this way so that he can get you to go this way, right? It's kind of one of these numbers. Um, and and you, you think you can see things coming. You put a plan together. And we should all have plans. I suggest having plans. But um, a good friend of mine who was chair of this board for a long time used to say, we've got to have a plan, but it's only a plan. It's just a plan. Uh, Dave Hunsinger said that, and that has always stuck with me because, yes, you have a plan. You have something going on. You have uh, things happening. And then you realize, well, God actually has something going on. I, I really believe, if you've been around enough, uh, you know that I, I think all of this works in a, conscien- a, a constant tension between us investing and doing and God investing and doing. I mean, it's both of those things are going on at the same time, all the time, all the time. Um, we're so, I was driving through kind of a final drive through this just west. I went over to Vail, over Vail Pass, went over to Vail, drove through the village. Then I, that wasn't enough. So I went over Fremont Pass and then, you know, went by Mayflower Gulch and man, the, the light was just pounding that ridge and it's so full of snow. It's so spectacular. So in my mind, I'm thinking, um, first of all, there's this overwhelming sense of gratefulness, just gratefulness. And what I don't know is would I be as grateful if it was just predictably always exactly the same and things always went perfectly? I don't think I would be. So I have the contrast, and my mind is saying, okay, I'm not owed one more minute in this spectacular state. But had we not, over 20 years ago, had we not made a plan, it took us three years to execute the plan to get to come to this state from Indiana. Indiana, by the way, being a great place to be from, very, very far from. So we had, we moved and made, so we had to do a lot of work, a lot of investment, and God also aligned and brought things together. And then this has been an unbelievable journey of 20 plus years in this amazing place with you amazing people and so many others that have cycled through here, right? And uh, and now I'm going to a place where I hardly know anybody. And Jenny's down there trying to kind of learn to the lay of the land and learn some of the navigation with some different people. And there will be some things that will be exactly the same, and there will be some things that will just be incredibly crazy different for us. And uh, Down the road, he's going to be preaching, and he's going to say, you know, that was a great place to be from. From, far from. <laughs> That I will not say. <laughs> this is an unbelievable place. But actually, the Gulf Coast beaches of Florida aren't that bad. They're not that bad at if all. If you've ever been there, it's actually that. And, and you know, we did have the clear got to go. And we didn't have the 100% sure. Jenny actually said something not too long ago to say, well, 
if I, I would like to be, I need to be down in elevation and I would go to a different beach than this. I was like, oh, okay, well, that's pretty good. There's a lot of beaches around different places. That's the first time she had said that. So we'll see how it goes. And you know, in your journey, you have the same thing, the turns, the twists. And then the beauty is, I can honestly tell you this, I'm very grateful that, uh, we have been faithful to being here. I'm very grateful. There's no regrets in being faithful. I mean, it's not hard to figure out that the plan of God is, is a track in front of you, and you make, there's a bunch of choices you can make that are, are wrong and that are destructive and unhelpful. And you make some, right? I've made some. You've made a lot more than I. But uh, I had to take that shot back. But the beauty of it is there's nothing that I, that I have massively to regret and say, wow, boy, did I screw that up. And I'm very grateful for that. I'm not patting myself on the back. That just makes sense. Just makes sense to be faithful where you are. And so we'll go to Why? Florida and be faithful. Why? Why does it make sense? Why does it make sense? It makes sense because this, the general concept of what God is accomplishing in his mission is enhanced when we actually line up with. It actually makes sense. It actually, you feel like somehow you're a part of the story without God. You know, I often say that God, you know, has to make a lot of lemonade out of our lemons. Um, I'm not sure that that's the best way for it to always go. It's better when we actually say, okay, God, I'll do what you have in mind and adjust and move. And you can use me the way you want, and I'll, I'll be faithful to that. So are you saying I have a lot more lemonade than you do? Ah, uh, well, at this point, yes, I can say that. What are you going to do? Fire me? Oh, you can't back fire going, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly what he's Jude saying. Jude affirms and confirms. You know, we all have. You have things. I have things. We all do. But I am grateful that in general we can leave here and we're not leaving with a sense of, boy, did we just make a mess out of that. That was a tragic ending. It's not a tragic ending. That's a blessing. I'm grateful. How's Jenny? Jenny's doing great. She uh, physically is adapted and doesn't even look at her pulse ox, you know, the little clip on the finger thing. She doesn't even look at that anymore because she's always 98, 99. And here Sorry. she was right. fortunate to be 90, you know, and uh, sometimes in the 70s. So she's physically doing a lot better. And it's fun to watch my wife go and navigate new space without me there. Right, because you, as you can imagine, I'm kind of the yeah, I mean, kind of the guy who's kind of leading the charge a lot of times. But she's doing it down there. It's awesome. She's doing great. So if this is a time of celebration, uh, this is what we do at the end of every year. By the way, it's a quieter group, and so we always just stop and look back and say, "Where have we seen God?" You mentioned that, right? Where have you seen God in your time here? In my time here. Oh, my goodness. But you only get 30 seconds to answer the question. <laughs> what stands out? Mm, man. You'll find this surprising, but um, probably some of the greatest times I saw God at work was when my son came out to us. And uh, a complete unexpected 
twist and and what would happen for our future and the love and the courage of people the you know modeling of what it really looks like to be Jesus to others that that may be some of the greatest time I've experienced that hmm. that's 10 years ago plus now mm-hmm. that's something hmm. yeah Awesome. Yeah, I so can tell a the, million more. I don't even know where to stop or yeah, start. I just that. wanted to see what your, your impressions were. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun to survive seminary. I saw God a lot in that. Um, and survival is the right word. That's, that's what happens as an old guy. But that was, there were some great, great things that some lights turned on for me. It was fantastic through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you're the ones that made it possible, by the yeah. way, for him to go. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you a million times over for everything. It, I feel like it's been a mutual investment process through the years. And uh, the different, both the iterations of Brian that we had as pastor here, uh, we had two versions of that. And then just make a, a strong commitment. We've had probably enough Brian pastors here, so you probably... <laughs> Probably no. I'm, I'm, I'm just messing with you <laughs> for the future. But the, just that entire journey and, and all of us investing in each other has been amazing, I think. It's been a blast. And have seen, I have seen God in so many ways. And often it's way after, right? It's six months or a year or three years later that you go, oh, that's what was going on. And sometimes you never see, right? Has that been anybody else's experience? You see it after the fact, where God is present? Yeah. yeah. So what were the questions that you asked at the beginning? Well, I just said, because you always ask, when, especially in struggle, but it's just as important in great celebration. How has this affected your faith? That's a great question to ask yourself and of others. And the other was, you know, what is a learning you know, is there any kind of a solid thing that you say, wow, I learned that right now through this? Um, you know, the, something that has happened to you in the last year, you can say, boy, this is my walk away, that this was really important to learn. And I want to share that. So who wants to go? Somebody answer the question. Surprise. We forgot yeah. to give them the rules that if they don't stand up, we pick somebody. Oh, yeah, we're just going to walk over and point to someone. Debbie Dunn Nelson, as you're still called. <laughs> well, first of all, I just have to say this is a sad day for me because Mark and Jenny and Rick and I went through membership class together. Yeah, so, um, and a hundred years ago. And Mark and I just have had always had the same vision about what worship is and how important the children are and that not children, but the youth are to be a part of it. So I've, I just, I'm going to miss that. And I love that. Um, so I started off 2020, um, on January 9th at 1:14 PM in the master bathroom of a house I was showing with a phone call from Vale health saying that, um, I had malignant tumors in my breast and I had just this immediate piece that, this is just a bump in the road, which it truly was. Um, but I, 
what I walked away from 89 days from day of diagnosis until um, until uh, my last day of radiation was um, just leaning on him through every piece of it, but also sharing lean on with people. I had somebody at work go, are you sure you're not taking this seriously enough? And I'm like, it's in somebody else's hands. I'm doing what the doctors are telling me to do, but there's someone else that's watching over and I just have this incredible peace. And I feel like, and I just keep thinking about Heather and the story that you're going to be going through. And and I think we're both going to be touching the same person <laughs> that I'm thinking of right now. And I just, um, the icky stuff that we have to go through in life, but like Mark said, there's just that constant tension of God's taking us down this way so we can get this way, or maybe we can help people get this way. And I, I think that that's what I witnessed um, for my year. Who else would like to share? Well, I feel like I need to share this morning. Mark, Mark made a comment about if everything was the same, we wouldn't appreciate things very much. And that is true. I think going through some pain and suffering makes us realize our our faith is either real or it's not. And as a lot of you have prayed for me in my three-year struggle with cancer, um, which now seems to be uh, gone, which I'm so thankful and grateful for. But But one of the lessons that I did learn is that when the chips are down, am I going to rely on my faith or am I not? Yeah, that was one lesson. Another lesson had to do with we aren't created to be alone. We need each other. And that's a big value of being in a in the body of Christ, in a, in a fellowship where we can be involved in each other's lives. And that, <clears throat> that's been very meaningful to Patty and I in the last number of years. That's what's made this church real for us. So those are all lessons. I just started in closing. I was reading a quote this morning of an old British evangelist who came over here a number of times. His name was Gypsy Smith. And it was the early 1900s. And the quote was, Never give up the wonder. His mercies are new every morning, and his word is fresh every day. So that's my goal for this year. Thank you, Don. I'm going. I'm going. Never give the mic away. Don't mean it. I got the microphone. I have to second the motion that Don was talking about. Um, it's amazing how the twists and turns, all of a sudden things are going great, and then you just get a little twist and turn. Uh, in the past year, Dave and I have experienced alcoholism in our oldest son, and it was uh, completely unexpected. 
But I think the most important thing that we learned from this was that we are not in control. Uh, there was nothing we could do for our son. He would not listen. He would not acknowledge. There was nothing that Dave and I could do to change the way that he was. And amazingly, God um, created these circumstances, and it was completely it was completely God, because I would have never thought about doing what God did. And it was, um, it was an amazing experience to watch God work in the life of our son. Um, we're not there yet. We're not over the hill. But we're much better than we were. And it, it taught me a lot about prayer. And in the meantime, I am working, I'm studying prayer and trying to write a book about it, and it's, um, it was a real lesson to me about the way that we pray is not nearly as important as the one that we learn to pray to, and it's, um, it's really been an eye-opening experience for me, because you pray, and you pray, and you pray, and you pray, and you don't see anything happening, um, but where's your faith, and do you believe that the one that you are praying to has got this? And by gum, he had it. Thank you. Well, if you've looked at the bulletin in the last six months, you know that I spent way too much time on that list. <laughs> um, let's see. The end of, of June, I was with the Women's Adventure Group and happened to fall and, and lodged a the end of my, my hiking pole into my ribs and broke three ribs and collapsed a lung and um, got a wound there and had a bunch of plates and bolts put in. That was exciting. <laughs> and then just a few months after that, I um, was trail running with my dog and I fell and broke my nose. <laughs> and then, uh, let's see, what else? What else? Oh, swivel chair. Yeah, <laughs> the, chair, the middle, yeah, the middle of October. Um, my next-door neighbor was putting up her Christmas lights in October. And she said, it's going to snow. You need to put your lights up. So I went down in the basement, and our lights were kind of on a, a shelf that was up pretty high, and all that there was to stand on to get my lights down was a swivel chair with wheels. So Genius, Patty. You know Absolute genius. Now, when we're talking about learning opportunities, here's... Okay, go. Broke my wrist, had a bunch of bolts and, and pins and plates put in there. And yeah, I've gotten to know the emergency room pretty well here in Summit County. Fortunately, a lot of those people are my friends already. Um, so anyway, I, I thought, you know, there's lots of stuff that I'd done that was more dangerous than that in my life, flying in helicopters, doing search and rescue, doing ski patrol, stuff like that. And yet it seems to be this six months God had to put it all in the same place so I, I would really get the message. Um, you know, he could have prevented it from happening. I keep thinking that, you know, the, the guy that was born blind, and um, they asked, so what did this guy do that, or did his parents sin, or what happened that he had to be born blind? And God said, no, it wasn't any of that. It was so that Jesus said, so that God would receive glory. And the same was the case with Lazarus. He could have come, and he could have prevented Lazarus from, being, um, from dying, but he didn't, so that God would receive glory. 
And I thought, well, that's got to be the, the reason that this whole, whole thing happened. You know, I can't get it over the span of my entire lifetime. It needed to be condensed right there so that I would get the message that when he is, is strong, I'm, I'm weak when he is strong. And that's probably the message for me, you know, the big thing for me this year. Mark, we're going to miss you so much. Um, my kids were like eight and nine when Mark came, so he was their youth pastor, and he married both of them, and they're walking in the Lord, and we're so grateful for you. Thanks. Oh, yeah, you've got the controls. You're driving the ship. Some of you know Ruth, his daughter, Ruthie. She's uh, a black belt and is one degree ahead of me. And she's a slight woman, timid, fun. So I walked up to her one day and I said, let's see what you got. And I started pushing her around and she's giggling. And, and I said, uh, well, let's see what you've got. And I said, I'm not going to quit. We're in the back alley and I'm attacking you. And I started pushing her around. And before I could blink, she had me on the floor. <laughs> you deserved it. I still don't know how she did it. I always say, what's the better thing to send a kid to college with? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's awesome. Who else? Well, where have you seen God? Who else? I can tell you three weeks ago, I was in the emergency room uh, with Nancy, and the words you don't ever want to hear from the emergency room doctor at four in the morning, he said, I'll be honest with you, we're just trying to save your wife's life. And uh, she's home sleeping right now and doing okay. Okay, so 35 years ago, I changed careers into teaching so that I could have my summers at the lake, having grown up on a lake. And for the past 38 years, Jan and I have had a summer home in New England because she's from there and we have to spend time there. I get Colorado in the winter if she gets New England in the summer. But uh, we now have four grandchildren in in Minnesota. And... uh, (laughs) Watching all of our neighbors' grandkids out playing on the water, and ours weren't there because my son said you get them one week in the summer and one week in the winter. 
we up and sold our place and moved to Minnesota, and we had zero regret. Our daughter-in-law said, oh, you chose people over place. And it was a God thing that uh, uh, we literally had no regrets. We've moved many times in our marriage. Um, how many houses now have we had? We're up to number 17 at the moment. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's always a little bit of feeling the loss of leaving something, but had none of that, you know. And we went through 10 wonderful years when we first came here of smooth sailing, bouncing back and forth across the country. But we felt really lonely this summer. Also, most of our neighbors were atheists. And our new home in Minnesota, as we were church shopping, pretty much we'd walk out of church and see one of our neighbors. So um, much more faithful community there, too. So it was uh, an amazing transition for us. And lived with our four grandchildren and son and daughter-in-law for the past three months, working on um, contracting his veterinary office and remodeling this house there. So we just had three months ago. Intense grandchildren. Thank you, Jay. That was a nice tag team there between the two of you. We're getting both. As most of you know, we had um, an emergency um, birth of our daughter last year, and she stayed in the NICU for a month, and that's expensive. But um, and I was flight for life down to Denver, um, and so the amazing thing is that between the doctors and my amazing husband, they um, made it so. We only had to pay for our deductible. Um, We didn't have to pay for the flight for life because it was medically necessary. We didn't have to pay for much, just our deductible. But that's still a lot of money. And we just paid it off in a year. So So we're very happy that. And it just the lesson we learned is God provides. And we're still in an okay place, even though we've just paid off this huge sum of money. So it's great. God provides. Yay. So now you get to keep Emma Grace? Oh, okay. That's good. I think there was a risk of that. There's no more, there's no more liens on her. You know, but I will say that, you know, Flight for Life does not have a want to get away program. So, yeah, you can't get for cheap. Good. Hi, everyone. I'm Jackie Christensen, my husband, Dana, and youngest son, Nick. We just moved back to the county October 1st, and we were in Southern California the past four years, and that's where I'm from. Before that, we had lived just across the street for eight years, so now we're back. But um, God had a plan for us, for sure, because I was looking for a job in Orange County. And Orange County, where we were living, is like a mecca for technology and jobs. It's like a mini Silicon Valley. So I couldn't even get an interview with 30 years of experience and everything. Every door was being closed there. So, of course, it began to affect us financially. And uh, so everything 
came together and we're sitting at the beach one day and watching the sunset. And Dana said, you know, I think it's time to go back to Colorado. In the next two or three years, I really want to be living there. And I thought, well, why not now? I mean, God was nudging me and he said, you have no reason. My all oh, my family's out there and they're taken care of, but there's no reason. And I said, well, let's just do it now. Why wait? So we come back and literally within a few weeks, I thought I should probably look for a job out there. Um, I also have an online business and it's, it's fine, but it's not what we need financially. And I prayed about it. Three hours later, I get a text message from one of my dear friends and says, Hey, um, I just realized we need to hire someone for our nonprofit and you'd be absolutely perfect. We need a director of operations. And I thought, oh my gosh, it's only been three hours and I, I'd just given it over to God and said, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Because I was just confused and I'm not normally a confused person. Three hours is all it took. Um, had two interviews that week and within 10 days I was working. So I work over in Avon for a nonprofit that saves people's lives. It's called Starting Hearts. So uh, that has helped us in many ways, and financially, of course, and um, we're living across the street again. So God brought us back, and it's awesome. <laughs> just, just any little sign, God. Just any sign. Yeah. yeah, this is kind of funny because as I listen to stories like yours and, and talking about prayer and think about the past year, what's happened with us, and especially through this community right here, um, it just summarizes it. About a year ago, well, a year ago, uh, we'd been coming here for a few weeks and hadn't quite figured it out yet. We knew that this was a special place. Um, we just didn't, hadn't quite figured it out yet. <clears throat> and as we continue to come and worship every week as we were up for weekends, uh, we live in the Springs, you know, it, it, it actually started to bother me. It's like, what is it? What is it? You know, I got, I got to figure this out. And, you know, all the, all the while, I was unemployed. I'd lost my job summer of last year. And, you know, you talk about the, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And, you know, it finally came to the point, you know, one, one, one weekend we were driving home. I was like, I don't want to drive to the Springs anymore. Because the people that we met as part of this faith community allowed us to see beyond what we had always seen as that curtain of the tourism. And when you get to know the people that live here, we went, that's, that's for us. So at that point, we said, okay, well, first of all, I got to get a job. Um, and and it, it started out, you know, as the, well, maybe in 10 years we could do it. And then started thinking and once, and, and it's kind of interesting, the job that I did land I found out about it the very first, the exact same day, the very first time I came to Iron Hour. I got the job offer the second time. And I'm going, okay, there's something going on here. See what happens when you come to Iron Hour? I'm telling you, it's powerful, man. But, you know, and, and as, as we talked about it, we said, okay, maybe it's not a 10-year plan. Maybe it's a seven-year plan. And my, my first week at work, uh, about the third day, I walk up to my boss and go, am I going to get a phone? I don't have a phone on my desk. And he says, oh, I just want you to get a mobile. That way you can work from anywhere. Anywhere? Really? <laughs> and, and so we started talking about it and said, well, you know, we, we've been doing a lot of praying on it. And, and said, well, maybe it's right now. 
And three weeks into a brand new job, imagine me walking up to my boss or sitting next to my boss in the airport. I don't even know where the heck we were. Uh, I'm going, so what do you think if I could like telecommute quite a few days a week? And he went, sure, let's talk about it. And, and to, for us, that was just kind of a, that was an opening thing. That happened right about the time of the congregational retreat. And, you know, that, that weekend started out great. If anybody was there and you saw the Subaru that was destroyed by the hail, <laughs> thank you very much. Um, but that was the low point. And by Sunday when we left, I just the fact that we sang Hills and Valleys this morning, that's been our story in the last year. And we're on top of that hill now and looking forward. Um, as Mark was talking about looking back on what God has done in your life, and a lot of times it takes months, years at times. Um, this last year was filled with a lot of death. People that they were very close to me, um, one of which led me to the Lord. And a total of seven people altogether, most recently was Janelle's mom a few weeks ago. And <clears throat> when you look, you know, at those situations, you get kind of upset and you're down, of course. But, you know, when I look back, these people were very influential in my life. They just weren't acquaintances. And I look back and I, and I look how they shaped my life. Um, and I watch how they've run the race. And they completed the race. And it's very, very encouraging to see people that you knew, that you shared with, things about the Lord. And just all the things that happen that God brings you together with. And you look and they finish the race. You know, the people that, that you ran with. You know, and so it's a real encouragement. Even though it was a rough year, very encouraging. So I look forward to this next year not being quite as rough. So that's great. Thanks. Hi everyone. Um, my name's Molly. I've never been to this church before. I'm from New York. Hi Molly. <laughs> but I'm try to be a little courageous right now. Um, this year started pretty hard um, for me and my family. We had three losses um, within one month's time, and one of which was my grandmother, who was really the glue that brought my entire family together. Um, the person who had the most faith in God of anyone I knew probably had like 120 people on her prayer list every day. I didn't know half their names. And when it came to um, her final days, I was here visiting my parents, and um, they had gone out to see her because they heard she was taking a turn. And I flew out, um, landed at the airport, and they said, you know, we think that this is like her final hours. And I was sitting in that cab heading to her house praying that I would make it in time to say goodbye. And I got there, and I held her hand, and... Within one minute of being there, she took her last breath. And that was a miracle to me, um, to have that last moment with her. And it felt like she knew I needed her to wait um, for me. Because 
she was ready to go, and she was so happy and knew that she was going to this beautiful place. And she kept saying in her last days, she said, I just want to go to sleep because I know that this amazing place is on the other side. And um, from there on, with all the other passings that when I went through this year, it really changed the way I could look at them and um, brought me a lot closer to my faith. So um, I'm just really grateful for that. And I think that there's a lot to learn from those changes in life, those ups and downs and and losses. Um, They really do bring us closer to our faith. Molly, thanks for uh, being willing to share courage on your very first Sunday here. (laughs) Kathy. You know, the thoughts that kind of went through my mind, um, my name's Kathy Reed, and I've been here since 1982 at this church. And um, the thoughts that kind of went through my mind as I'm listening to everybody's story is give praise to the Lord in season and out of season. Mm -hmm. And I just think, think about in this last year, just the long-term prayers that I have prayed and how the Lord has answered those prayers. I had the opportunity to uh, see a young man who was a kid in my youth group on, uh, on the Christmas Eve service be here, and I thought back to prayers that I had about them and and know that God is answering that prayer right now, even though they may or may not know it. And so kind of giving praise to the Lord on that. And then I also think of the body of Christ that's here and the various people who continually, continually bless me every day and how grateful I am to you. Garage door opener, (laughs) car maintenance, support, just love and acceptance. And I just wanted to say publicly how grateful that I am uh, for that. And then when I think of Mark and all the lives that he is blessed while he is here, and, and I think, you know, there's all the things publicly that we know that he has done, but I know that in truth, probably the things that, um, that he has done most for the Lord are the things that he has no idea about and how God has used him and all of us in ways that we have no idea about. And so with that, I just want to praise Jesus. Mark, join me up front. I only get to boss him around for two more days. I just want to say a couple of words about you. You know, a church can exist. They exist all over the country. And the church in the United States is declining at a rate of about 4,500 members a day. We're in our 10th year of decline. And so when I first looked at coming here, Mark drove down to meet with me. He called me up and we had coffee together. And I'm absolutely convinced of several things. One of them is that uh, church culture is going to develop no matter what you do. Mm. It is. I've been to many, many, many churches that I would go once and happy not to go back. Mm. But to actually build a healthy culture is a lot of work. 
And so from our very first coffee, we started talking about DCC. And I said, tell me about the church. Tell me about the staff. And uh, he was, was like, hold on to your hat. Yeah, right. <laughs> and he came down and said, uh, you don't know it yet, but you're probably going to be the next senior pastor. Oh, I didn't know that. And he said, uh, do you plan on firing the staff when you get here? And I said, well, do I need to? <laughs> and because uh, that is a leadership model, he kind of wanted to know who I was. And he said, well, no. And I said, well, then why would I fire them? And so we began this conversation six and a half years ago about what actually is a healthy church? What does that look like? And a healthy church does not happen by accident. I don't want you to think that we did it because we did not do it. That's for sure. Okay. But we had very similar passion and ideals on what it would look like and how long it would take. And you were the guys that did it. We're sitting right here. You're the ones that did it. Molly, just hearing you talk for your very first Sunday, I love the courage that you would stand up and share that. But as, we've, as we have talked this through, what happens on the other side of that wall over there, the things that you won't know about, um, there's just not enough time in life to tell you about it. How many thousands of hours of conversations have we had? It's hard to know, right? And but it was always, honestly, always, like, where are things going? Where are they going? What do we need to Where's do their faith? to influence? How are they strengthened by? What do we stay out of? And, you know, all of it kind of, because there's all of those reactions as pastors. You, you may think that it's simple. We read a few verses in the Bible and it gives us instruction or whatever. It is every single life, every single scenario in every single life calls for a different approach. And so we we would just constantly weigh that out. Yeah, every week, week Amazing. in and week out. Mm-hmm. We developed a great relationship. So he could walk in one one uh, week and say, man, that, you knocked it out of the park on Sunday. And the next Sunday he'd say, well, that really sucked. <laughs> you know, and vice versa. Yeah, it was fair enough. <laughs> and there was no, no very, very, very little tension in six and a half years. I really can't remember any, but I'm sure it was there someplace. Yeah. And, but lots of, lots of discussion, dialogue about you it's not about us it's about you I have to tell you one of the things I've told Jim in the last couple weeks that my mind is doing is I'm lowering my expectations one I'm lowering my expectations and to work with that has worked as well as we have worked I I can't imagine it I really can't and I'm lowering my expectations for the health and the vitality and the excitement and the craziness and the everything else that is this culture and this community and this church. I can't imagine walking into a church. In fact, a number of you have gone away, and I think of the prices and people who go away, and they look and look and look and look for a church, and it's like to find another church like this one. I've got very I've got to lower my expectations for what my future church will be like. I just do. Yeah, in fact Christmas Eve you wouldn't know this, but they're handing out candles and we're up here just talking amongst ourselves, which we sometimes do when you're not paying attention. And uh and so I went up to him and I said, Next year at this time you're gonna be leading your own Christmas Eve service. And he said, But I don't know if I can find a church like with a culture like this and I said, Of course not, you have to build it. I can guarantee you're not gonna find it. It's true. You have to build it, right? That's right? I just want you to know I love you. Thank you. In front of all these Me people. I can't. I've been through lots of leadership positions and churches and organizations, and 
uh, working with Mark has been one of the highlights of life, being with you. So I want to do something we haven't done before. Okay. I want you to stand right here. Okay. And I want the church to stand up. And if all of you come forward, I would be happy. I want you to all come around and circle around this guy and just love on him and pray for him. It's not very often, Mark, you get to see how many people love you. I praise God we don't have to do this very often. Say goodbye to our pastors. Some church is about to inherit a gold mine. So several of you just pray, and then when the time comes, I'll close us. Thank you for the blessing of Mark's transparency about his life and the things that he's gone through that help us um, to navigate our lives. Uh, we just ask that you be with Mark and Jenny on this new and exciting adventure um, and just bless them as he has blessed us for the last few years. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he lift up his face to you. May you walk in his ways forever. Shalom. Father, just looking around the sanctuary, this is a picture of what community is. And, uh, Grateful for Mark and all the people standing here, the staff, the elders, the people that have invested one day and the people that have invested years and years to make this church what it is. Lord, thank you for your goodness. Uh, I can't wait to hear Mark as a senior pastor making all the mistakes so I can laugh at him. No, I know he's ready. And I just pray that... Uh, in your timing, that you would open that right door for him and Jenny, and that uh, you would bless some church somewhere down low where she can breathe. And uh, 
Thank you for the years of service and faithfulness and friendship. Uh, he's been a model to us and a friend to us, an encourager, a support, and all many other things. And early in love, Jenny. Thank you that she can breathe regularly and doesn't have to look at a pulse ox anymore. What a great thing in life. So thank you for blessing us with them and for uh, letting them be part of our lives. And from here on out, we're very grateful. In your son's name, amen. Okay, you're not done yet, so sit back down. We've got to do the most important thing, take the offering. It's not like a Methodist... I will say this about the offering. You know, for those of you that have been here longer than one day, uh, (laughs) you know of our gratitude. Our church is very healthy financially, and that's, that's on you. We owe you that. That's you and the Lord. That's not us. And we are very grateful for how generous you are as a church. Once you get past this year, we'll put the updated financial information in the bulletin, but you'll see that God continues to bless us and take care of us. And on behalf of the elders and staff, I would just like to say thank you. Thank you for whatever God puts on your heart to give. You take good care of us. So come forward, ushers. Blessed assurance, Jesus is Oh uh-huh.